Welcome to the Prayer to Win Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here at Dean Lee. <clears throat> Today, um, we're going to get into a variety of topics. Uh, one thing we're going to start doing a little bit of is, Dean, th- these are going to come from kind of real life situations. So, um, for example, Dane has a swimmer today that he's going to tell me about in um, a little bit as much as he can. And then I'm going to explain like how I would go about, you know, programming their nutrition and things for, um, and we may end up doing this, you know, on the training side and stuff too, but basically like everything that we're going to do with these is, is real life. It's actually somebody we're not just like making someone up out of thin air. Um, that way we can kind of give good feedback to that person also. So, um, with, uh, you know, with nutrition, with training, it, uh, there's so many things that are going to come into play with that. So, uh, you know, it, it can't be exact without taking a lot more information from the person themselves. Um, but it is good to be able to give some fi- feedback and for people that may train the same way to start to think about their training a little bit different, think about their nutrition a little bit different. Um for those who don't know, like on the nutrition side, I mean, I, I can't really think of a demographic I haven't worked with. Um, I've worked with just about every goal imaginable and it's been everything from, you know, younger, um, individual athletes. It's been, uh, extremely old sedentary people. It's been high, high elite level, like sport athletes, um, and I, some of the powerlifters I work with are, uh, extremely high ranking as well. So a couple that I have on the, the squad right now, um, are within the top 20 in the world in their weight class. So, um, I've, I've seen a variety of people, you know, a lot of the people I've put on stages for shows, uh, generally they all place top five. Rarely do I have someone that places outside of top five. Um, I've had people win shows their first show you know, things like that. I've had people that have won, um, or placed top three, you know, in every show they've ever done. And, um, you know, so it's, I have a lot of experience when it comes to a variety of nutrition, whether it is for sport, for aesthetic goals, you know, those high aesthetic goals, or just for changing your life in general. And, and honestly, like, those are the things that I love is when I, when I change someone's life for the better, for example, yeah, I'm not someone who's ever going to like, I don't really share like the emails I get from people. I, you know, you'll see coaches do that a lot mm-hmm. and nothing against that. That's all I'm good. I just, I don't do it. I don't, you know, but the feedback I get or the things people say to me, I kind of keep it for myself. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's like a cool, like client coach relationship thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I would like share their name and they probably wouldn't care either, but, um, I don't know. just feels like a cool little thing, but like a, a client I had over the weekend was like, um, they're down 25 pounds since we started, mm-hmm. um, not too long ago. And this person had been, you know, overweight, like most of their life kind of thing, you know, and it's an athlete now. And the fact like they're saying like, oh, I can't do that. I, I couldn't have done it without you. Like I'm happy because they, they broke through a barrier. Yeah. Basically we're not done yet, but they broke through a barrier on a, on the scale. And they're like, I haven't seen that in a long time, you know? And it's like, those those things honestly more than people win in shows or you know some high ranking athlete doing well i love those ones because mm-hmm. those are the people that 
probably thought there was no end in sight to their obesity or their lifestyle or whatever. And they're making those positive changes. That's, that's life changing. Yeah. It's not like, okay, I got my nutritional better. So, you know, now I'm even higher ranking of an elite athlete. No, these are people that like genuinely usually have depressive backgrounds or, um, they, they think that there's no way out of what they're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, and then when you show them the way out, their life completely changes around. So mm-hmm. I've seen it a lot. So the, the, I always appreciate those more than like the big accolades of like some big, you know, elite person or whatever. Those are all cool too. But when you change someone's life completely, it's, it's a whole different ball game. So yeah, very different reward but there. Again, with that though, they have to take their own, you have, you have to take your own steps. We get a lot of people that um, think it's just going to be magic. No, you have to like you have to do the work. You have to do what we tell you to do. But mm-hmm. if you do that, I promise you, like six months from now, I always tell people, like a year from now, you won't even recognize yourself. Like you won't, you will think like, why did it take me so long to get started on that? You know? Oh yeah, and I mean so, not even just what you're gonna see in the mirror. It's yeah. the habits that you're gonna have throughout the day, the way that you're gonna view mm-hmm. food and view eating, and yep. Uh, how you're going to view decisions that you make as far as what time of day you eat and the reasons behind why you're yeah. eating, um, choosing things that are going to really affect how you feel mentally, physically, emotionally, mm-hmm. like all of that ends up changing yeah. in a positive way. When you see to like their social, even their like the social side of them will change. A lot of times they'll become a little bit more outgoing or that they'll go, you know, to events more often they're like not as shy anymore around it mm-hmm. you know because they always had this like negative self-image of themselves and now it's getting better yeah. kind of thing so it's always fun to see but um we'll go ahead and uh you had a, a scenario of a swimmer mm-hmm. so go ahead and explain that and then i'll kind of get into it so the reason behind wanting to do it was that last week i was traveling with akron mm-hmm. for their swim meet they had their conference championship and i have all kinds of recovery conversations, whether it's with the staff or with the athletes. And one of the questions or one of the conversations that comes up a lot is around food, especially when you get to a championship meet like that, because people are reflecting like, what could I have done better? Or -hmm. what can I start to do better next time? So naturally nutrition comes up and I've talked a lot about it because I've talked about my experiences with like having celiacs and changing all of that. So one of the swimmers is asking me my opinion on it. And I know a minimal amount, but I know enough to know that she isn't being given enough information. So they have a dietitian that works with the team, works with multiple teams. And I've actually been there when some of the conversations have been going on. Um, not like one-on-one conversations, but with the team as a whole. And I've been told some of the things that have been given as recommendations And every time I keep waiting for some more information to happen and it just, the conversation stops. So Mm -hmm. for example, one of the things that they were told was from the dietitian, because this particular swimmer had lost a pretty good amount of weight over the course of uh, the summertime into the beginning of the training season. Mind you, she wasn't training at all. Like they didn't have access to a pool and the okay. pandemic was going yeah. on. So like everyone was home. They weren't in Akron. They weren't lifting. They weren't swimming. They, so she comes back and she's lost like a good bit of weight. Yeah. And the dietitian sees that and sees it as a warning sign. Like you need to eat more. Yeah. 
it ended there. That was the end of the conversation. <laughs> eat more. Right. What does that even mean? Yeah. How often? How much more? Are there certain foods that I should focus on getting mm-hmm. um, before practice, after practice? The fact that I just haven't practiced for four months. Yeah. And now I'm coming back into it. Are there things that I, as an athlete, should take into consideration? Because we're going to start doing two a days, and we'll be lifting mm-hmm. anywhere from two to four well, days you're a not, week. You're not used to that routine either. So, like, right. whether you've been through it or not before, you're not used to that routine. It would be good to go through some kind of refresher of, like, you know, here's the timing of the meals. Here's what you need to be thinking about eating. I don't know if they even do that. Like, for me, that should be part of your athlete intake. Um whenever you're in docking them, it's like, you should have that conversation, whether it's in a group or individually sit down with them and start to explain, um, you know, proper nutrition as far as like, here's foods you should be thinking about eating. Here's the timing of those foods mm-hmm. and here's some nutrients and here's the why of those nutrients. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, especially if you are an RD, like you went to school for this. So that should be an easy, easy conversation to have. It should be. You know what I mean? And even if you might be talking out of your ass a little bit and maybe you're <laughs> a little bit wrong, at least you'll sound smart, you know, but at least you're attempting based on your own beliefs mm-hmm. to give them not the knowledge they're going to need to get better. Um, and I feel bad because the staff that works with them, the two of the individuals uh, who are not dietitians, they know enough about nutrition that they try to offer help mm-hmm. but within what they're allowed to do yeah so like they're giving little bits of information they're offering things uh as far as like recipes and within that recipe like they're focusing on making sure that it has a significant amount of carbohydrates and protein um they're trying to put out information about micronutrients and just like what you should be trying to get within foods etc yeah but i'm I hear some of those conversations and I'm having this conversation with the swimmer and realizing I want you to work with Justin because mm-hmm. I finally a couple of years ago convinced one of the swimmers to come down and talk to you. Mm-hmm. She had come up on graduation, but she was going to be traveling back to Spain and she was getting ready for nationals. And I said, if you really want to do this, if you really want to be ready for it, I have a guy you should talk to. Mm-hmm. So she came down and talked to you and I actually because I was doing massage with them, I was around when I heard some of the conversations she had afterward and she talked about how great she felt that Mm -hmm. she hadn't felt that good in years. Yeah. She goes on to place at nationals. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying just because of that, but it's a contributing factor. It's still a variable. So when this swimmer was having a conversation with me about saying like they're constantly feeling tired, they don't feel like they're performing as well as they could. They're, kind of plateaued from where they were the past two years do i think that nutrition could have played a part in it i was like yeah i really do Mm -hmm. i definitely i'm watching what you guys are eating how much you're eating when you're eating the entire week that i'm here and this right now is an example of the norm for you guys Mm -hmm. she goes well i do eat a lot i was like do you or do you have like one meal where you eat a lot yeah because i used to be the same way yep You know, I thought I have a big appetite. No, I don't. Yeah. You're eating one, you know, one large meal. And this happens all the time where people, um, it's kind of like if you were going around and selling things and 
you went around and you sold, you know, apparel or something mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, could be water bottles at this point, you know, but you could go around and you get, you know, 50 sales in a day and they're all smaller sales, you know, versus you got three sales that were bigger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those 50 sales, you know, might equal more, even though they're smaller amounts. Yeah. There's just by numbers, more of them. Mm-hmm. It's the same with your eating. You know, you, you got to think about that way. Just because you eat that one meal, that's 1200 calories. Would you eat the rest of the day? Cause the rest of the day might only add up to 600 more calories. Right. You know, so like I have such a big appetite. It's like, no, you were just really deprived for a long time and your yeah. body took a big meal in. Yeah. So I'm doing my best to explain to her some of the things that I learned from you. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that this would make for very good information for people in general. So I wanted to have a chance where I give you some of your information and you help listeners to understand part of the process that you go through because it mm-hmm. is definitely a process yeah. to figure out a, how do you get numbers for a number of factors involved. Mm-hmm. So to give you the information for it, this is a 21-year-old female collegiate swimmer. She uh, swims middle distance. It's an individual medley, which I think is like, like the 400. Yeah, I was say it's, it's, a, it's probably close to 400 or yeah. 200. There's a 200 medley and a 400 medley. Mm-hmm. They practice twice a day. They have a morning session, afternoon session. Afternoon session is almost always, no, it is always, um, in water training. Okay. Do they... Uh, they also have how, a... How many days a week are they practicing? Do you know? Five. Five days. I want to say it's six, but I'm not positive uh, about the Saturday-Sunday schedule. Yeah. So I know that there's five days in there. If there is a Saturday, it might only be like a half day. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's a big contributing factor, even on a half day for something like that, but just to have information that I'm positive on. So their strength training, to my knowledge, two times a week, and they're doing some dry land conditioning for about a half an hour, uh, two days a week. Okay. On top of all of that. Yeah. The training sessions for swimming, let's say, and I'm probably underdoing it but let's say an hour okay um i'm part of the the message chain where if a certain day is a decreased workload the coach will announce it and Mm. say hey you're just gonna go you know swim a thousand you're done yeah um but for the most part it's an hour sometimes longer maybe a little bit less there you go running her numbers i tried to get an idea to ballpark the amount of protein she was she's coming in under 100 grams a day how much do you know did you know her like weight and everything um but but roundabout uh like 125 125 she's coming in under 100 a day mm-hmm. so she's probably like at the very minimum uh she's probably not even hitting that for an athlete, like, yeah, I mean, a hundred is 0.8 grams per pound body weight. Just a so, hundred. Yeah. A hundred flat. Wow. So yeah, she's definitely coming in low there, which is pretty typical of, um, a lot of people in general. Like, I don't even want to say like for younger females, even mm-hmm. like it's pretty typical for a lot of people. They think they eat more protein than what they actually do. Yeah. 
Um, I had someone I took on tell me they take, like, I eat protein all the time. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you're tracking. Yeah. Like how, what, what numbers do you see? Usually between like 60 and 70 grams a day. I'm like, oh my God, no, that's not a lot of protein. So, and this was a 150 pound female. So, um, you know, same with guys. They're like, oh, I eat protein all the time, but their portions are so small mm-hmm. that they don't get to where they need to be. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like a big advocate for like, overdoing protein you know i I think that there can be some waste there by doing that um so you know i think i've mentioned this before like 0.8 is kind of the the bottom end usually and that's for someone who may not have a lot of muscle mass on them already Mm -hmm. but for someone like her who swimmers are typically fairly lean people um, we'll get into that in a second too. There is a body fat marker that they need to be at, but for, for swimmers, like they're generally lean, they're using a lot of muscle groups and especially tiny muscle groups. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of energy being used, a lot of break, a lot more breakdown than what people actually think yeah. going on. So, um, you know, for a swimmer, I would definitely kind of stick closer to that golden rule of like one gram per pound. I might even go to like 1.05 per pound, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, you know, just, it, it depends on a lot of factors. I'd have to like see her body kind of assess body fat or get her body fat readings if she's had a test done and things, but you know, definitely as far as just the protein side, let's stick there. It, you know, a gram definitely needs to happen. Now I'm not sure about carbs or fat, but I, while I was talking with her, just got an idea like, Hey, tell me kind of what you typically eat. Mm-hmm. And from that was able to figure out like, there's no way that you're hitting triple digits like guaranteed. Yeah. Um, while they're at the competition, breakfast happens around, uh, like seven thirty, eight o'clock. Mm. And then they go do their warm up swim, uh, to get ready for competition. Lunch happens around noon mm. after the morning session. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's like a three, four hour break before they come back for the afternoon session. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> dinner happens after, the afternoon or the evening session, I want to say it varied a little bit, but probably like seven thirty, eight o'clock. Yeah. Now there are snacks that are available. Yeah. Um, they had a ton of like cliff bars, granola bars, uh, fruit that was mm-hmm. there, uh, fruit snacks in general. There were uh, pretzels and crackers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they had the ability to like eat something yeah. in between. And like, we won't go into like, the Gatorade or the, the Gator lights as far as like sodium intake. Cause they mm-hmm. had things that were available there. That would be a great conversation, but mm-hmm. just from a macro standpoint, so that's what they had available. Yeah. That was their schedule. Mm-hmm. And when she says, I'm always tired, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm performing well. No. Um, I look at that and go, well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. She's going to need, but no one's teaching her what throughout to do. the day. And I understand like, it's just like, you know, any sport on competition day, you're probably not going to have access to as much food just because of everything going on. Um, and not to mention like, you have to be very careful because especially something like swimming or, you know, running, like you don't want to overload and then be trying to perform, um, with a gut full of food that's making you cramp or like making you feel like you're going to throw up or poop yourself or something. So, 
Um, and those are things you have to have, figure out for yourself. Yeah. So that's got it. That, but that's got to be figured out beforehand, mm-hmm. long beforehand. And you kind of got to know like, okay, I'm safe with these foods. These foods are fine and things like that. Um, but swimmers use a lot of energy, um, and swimming and takes a lot of energy from the body. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, like they're, they're used to it, but that doesn't change the energy consumption factor that they need. Um, if anything, they're going to be ended up pushing harder. The body's going to get leaner and, you know, things like that. So we probably need to add more. Um, and for someone like that, it, I mean, just off the top of my head, I can guarantee this girl would need to be pushing 300 carbs a day plus, you know, and the, the fat intake that this would start to depend highly on her body fat levels because okay. we, we would use the fat, like, you know, the, the fat needs to be at a good, she would obviously have, be high enough for good hormonal balance, things like that. Right. Um, but the fat needs to be high enough to help us kind of maintain that body fat level and the body weight, you know, because we mm-hmm. don't want things flying around all the time, but we can do, the more stable the fat is, because fat is going to equal uh, more calories per gram. So we don't want to shift the that in big numbers, mm-hmm. right? So I like to try to keep those somewhat stabilized. And, you know, you can move them around a couple grams here and there. But then we can move carbs around fairly easy to figure out what's needed. Yeah. Now, in her sport for... Again, we talked about energy systems before on this podcast. And for her sport, she's using kind of a mix of, of energy systems. Um, I'm not sure exactly how fast she can swim any of those, but I know even if you're the fastest person in the world, um, we're getting into an energy system that's still highly dependent on carb, you know, and mm-hmm. yes, there is some fat to that, you know, and that heart rate's going to stay elevated for a little bit after, you know, uh, training and things like that or after their, their contest. Um, one of the most important things in a big game changer when I worked with Paloma was like, so elite swimmers, um, they did a study before on, uh, and th- this is amazing because I'm going to tell the story real quick that she had never heard this before. And I, I think I mentioned to you, I guarantee her coaches probably didn't even know this. Mm-hmm. All right. And this wasn't hard to find. They did a study on elite swimmers, um, of Olympians, right? These are Olympic level swimmers. And it was something like all, but two of them fell in the category of 19 to 20, one, I think percent body fat. It was the average was like 19 point something percent body fat for an elite level Olympic swimmer. Every single one of them, except for like two of them. Mm -hmm. So those were obviously outliers then. Right. Right. So there is a direct correlation between high level swimmers and the percentage body fat they have on the body. So not only do we look at that and try to get them within those ranges that that correlate to that because mm-hmm. I remember her, her coach kept wanting her to get, get leaner and get leaner. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you do that? You're going to become less buoyant. You're going to sink in the water. No, you need to get your body fat up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, then we talked, this was her, her national coach, uh, back from Spain. Yeah, that was yeah. pushing for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we talked about, um, you know, for swimmers again, this is just simple science. Your buoyancy matters. And guess what helps you become buoyant? Salt. So salt and fat is what's going to help you become buoyant. Mm-hmm. So if you're holding a little bit of water in the body and it's, and it's, it's gotta be the right amount. You can't just bloat the fuck up. Like it doesn't, <laughs> right. it doesn't work. Fine line. It doesn't work that way either. But to, even though these people like, 
if you've ever swam and you've ever swam for distance, if you ever swam an actual, like you really swim workout, you know, this swimming dehydrates you pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So it is very, very important that you take in good hydration too. And that's part of that sodium. Your levels can get depleted pretty damn quick, but people don't realize it because you're not, it's not like you're running and just dripping and sweat. Right. You know, but whether you know it or not, like things are still utilizing, you know, utilizing water within the body. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that you're replenishing that. And that's a big issue with swimmers too, is they don't, they don't take in the right hydration before training, after training, Mm -hmm. you know, during contests, things like that. So, um, that's where you find the cramping. That's where you find the almost stiffness that they feel mm-hmm. and things like that. Because well, your body's not lubricated at all. It's drying out, yeah. you know? So that's an important thing. But um, go ahead. Were you going to say something? I was going to say, all right. So if you ballpark and you say at least 300 carbs, mm-hmm. and then you'd have to play around with that a little bit in order to really hone that in yeah. to help her. And I know that she, the, the entire team, uh, was getting uh, bod pods done mm-hmm. and something happened at the university where they were requiring the teams to start paying for all the bod pod sessions. I, I don't know. Wow. So like, wow. They, they didn't, she didn't remember what her numbers were from the last one. Cause it had been a little bit yeah. since she'd done it. So she wasn't able to say what her body fat percentage was. So I can't bring that. But if you were to do uh, a schedule for the, that carb breakdown or mm-hmm. even the protein breakdown, what would you start to suggest? Because I know that was a really big part of the conversation with Paloma is like the like fueling before that. The timing practice. and everything. Yeah. yeah. So um, depending like if they're doing a two a day or something like that, um, nothing really changes as far as like the timing of from one workout a day to two workouts a day. It's just you now you need to bunch it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, upon waking up, obviously you need to eat like a good breakfast, especially if your training's early in the morning, you need to make sure that you're, you start with, uh, you're breaking a fast. So high protein is needed. Get that day started off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a fair amount of carbs and start to, you know, get a little bit of fat. If you're training in the morning, okay, we need to take in more carbs. So, mm-hmm. um, something like potatoes, you know, might help, um, and a little bit of fruit. So it doesn't take much potatoes to get 40, 50 grams of carbs real quick. No. And then, um, you add in like a piece of fruit right before training, you know, 20, 30 minutes before you get in the water, you know, you're, that's something light. It's not going to make you cramp up. It's going to mm-hmm. digest kind of as you're starting to get going a little bit. And, um, you know, it's probably going to add anywhere from 20 to 30 more carbs, depending on what piece of fruit you ate, how much you ate, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's going to help. Um, and then, you know, again, beforehand, like I was talking about, they should be drinking, um, you know, you should be waking up and 30 ounces of water should be in the body within, you know, hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if they need to, then you need to, again, if it's training in the morning, add in like an electrolyte packet or something like that, <clears throat> you could salt your foods and, and stuff. That's all well and good. But I found like electrolyte stuff. I mean, it's cheap, it's cheap oh, yeah. and effective and it works quick. So I think they have those electro, uh, the, the gator light packets yeah, there that have like 700 milligrams of sodium in it yeah they're very it's very cheap mm-hmm. there's you know a bunch of different kinds um you know that subject zero one that we uh have used i've, I've always liked it so mm-hmm. so 
you know, you get your hydration in, you go to train. Um, then immediately after, like you need to worry about getting those carbs in because you still got to train at night. Mm-hmm. So immediately after we start ingesting a high amount of carbs. So, um, this could be, you know, let's say you had your potatoes and maybe some oatmeal or something in the morning or whatever, you know, you have your breakfast, um, post training, then maybe that's the time for a piece of fruit, go eat your, uh, post workout meal. And that needs to be high protein, uh, plenty of carb, limit the fat a little bit. That way your carbs can digest quicker. Um, the proteins are, you're going to slow it down enough, but um, you need to keep up on your protein. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, from there, you know, your next snack through the day. So let's say, let's say they woke up at 6am. Let's say they had training at seven 8 o'clock or something. Mm -hmm. And you know, post-workout meal was at 10, 10 30, you know, uh, and let's say they got to be back at four for night practice. Mm-hmm. So at about 10 or 10 30, they ate that meal about 12 30. It's time for a snack. So mm-hmm. that can be something simple like Greek yogurt, um, with a little bit of fruit that can be a rice bowl with vegetables and some kind of meat, you know, chicken, rice, vegetable, mm-hmm. um, little stir fry, something like that. Um, and then if you're going to go and if practice at four, generally like, you know, I would hope they're not just walking in four o'clock, jump in the water, you know, hopefully they're like moving around a bit. So, you know, again, about three o'clock. Um, so you had your snack at 1230, about 230 to three, mm-hmm. 245. You need to, you need to eat that pre-workout meal. So that kind of comes in with, again, same thing. Like I would go for something light like a beef and rice or something like that. I, I would use rice as the card because it's light. It's easy to use. If you need sodium, you can easily put salt on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cheap for yep. you college students listening. Yeah. <laughs> teriyaki sauce is cheap as fuck. Like mm-hmm. use teriyaki sauce. You can use uh fucking barbecue sauce. I mean, oh, yeah. those are going to have a little bit of sodium in them as well, mm-hmm. you know, especially teriyaki sauce. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you could throw that on there. Um, and again, it all depends on like what your digestive tract can handle, mm-hmm. what's gonna make you feel good. But that rice digests a lot easier and it's small. I mean, unless you just slam a bunch of it, you're probably not gonna feel like too bogged down. No. Um that's usually my go to before training. Yeah, that's what I eat yep. a lot of times before training. And uh for me personally, like I'll have that an hour and a half before and then right before I go out the door. I might have like a small bowl of cereal or mm-hmm. um, a couple little mandarin oranges or something like that. Yeah. So I try to get something that's like a little bit more quick digesting at that point because I'm probably going to be training. You know, it takes me five minutes to get to the gym. So I'm going to be training within the next 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps start that fuel process uh, right then and there. But um, then again, the cycle continues like post training. You need to kind of do the same thing. Now it's a little bit later at night. I know, you know, you're going to need to sleep. You're going to need to do all these things. So it's Mm. probably okay if you need to, to throw in your fats in that second, uh, workout meal, Mm. um, you can post workout meal. You can throw the fats in there. Um, and then before you go to bed, this is your nighttime snack. Um, hopefully you've hit your protein. Hopefully you're pretty close on carbs, if not there, Mm -hmm. you know, so that night snack can be a little, minute amount of protein if something's in it um and carbs and fats and especially on the fat side because that'll help you sleep Mm -hmm. things like that um these are where we do we've talked about before like the little bowls of you know plain greek yogurt with 
uh, berries, or you can do uh, crushed up cookies, mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, Reese cups. I mean, sky's the limit. Throw in a little bit of uh, if you got need protein left, a little bit of chocolate protein powder. That mm-hmm. made just you just made chocolate pudding. Yeah, so a lo- little bit of chocolate protein powder with plain Greek yogurt. That's chocolate pudding. Now throw whatever you want into your chocolate pudding. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like peanut butter, throw in peanut butter. You know, that's a good combo. Yeah, it's real good. Um, you know, so there's there, there's so many limits, and it's like all these options that I'm saying aren't expensive either. No, your meats are going to be more expensive. Rice is very cheap. Mm-hmm. Greek yogurt, like you're probably not going to eat enough of it to make it expensive. Um, protein powder is cheap. You know, so that like if you're in college on a budget. It's easy things to do. You can go get, you know, ground beef isn't that expensive, no. especially for the amounts that they need. You know, in my in my house, you know, we go through <laughs> a pound plus of beef a day, but like, you know. It's, Different situations. It's, yeah. But that, I guess that's if I'm eating ground beef because, mm-hmm. I mean, we go through pounds of meat a day, but that's. I believe it. That's two people. I mean, I need uh, mid 200 protein a day. So it's like. You know, I'm eating steak uh, almost nearly every day, mm-hmm. plenty of beef. You know, there's fish, there's eggs, you know, eggs. Another so cheap many eggs. One. <laughs> eggs are cheap. So. so the two things that I end up hearing when I talk about this with not just them, but athletes in general that aren't as familiar with proper nutrition, especially the timing part, mm-hmm. is what you've already referenced. I don't like to have that before I blank, whether it's strength train or practice. Yeah. And what I want people to understand is that the foods that Justin has said, that's not a hard and fast thing. It's the principle behind it. Like you need those macros Yeah. and figuring out what works for you and what your stomach allows, yeah. you know, when you go and have an hour long practice in the pool, what you eat isn't going to be as important as making sure those numbers yeah. are hit. Well, I'll say this. A lot of people that are say that in my experience a lot of people i i can't eat that before oh i'll be too full if i eat that before that's a sign your metabolism sucks that's the second one that's your problem it's not the food it's your metabolism Mm -hmm. sucks and it can't digest those things properly because you don't eat enough you don't eat often enough so when you do eat that i mean (laughs) now i'm thinking of like all these horror stories i can go off Mm -hmm. on yeah so many click in my head but um you know that's the problem like a quarter cup of rice and, you know, some chicken and broccoli shouldn't make you full. But I've had people tell me like they can't eat a half cup of rice with their broccoli and chicken because then they'll be too full mm-hmm. up from a quarter cup. Like, are you fucking kidding me? But like uncomfortably full. Yeah, like, that's that's a problem. You've trained your body to uh, not only to have a metabolism for a certain amount of macros, but also to what is a comfortable volume mm-hmm. in your stomach. Yeah. Like all of those are trainable things. Yeah. It goes both ways. Well, it's just like, you know, me and you both experienced it with our digestive issues. Like, um, when I've had times where I've been in the hospital or whatever, sure. I can't walk out of the hospital and slam a fucking burrito and just be like, okay, next meal an hour later. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. Like it, it, once things are kind of shut down, they stay shut down mm-hmm. and then you have your stomach shrinking factor and all that stuff as well. But that's the other thing. It's not like you're going to like, you're not going to stretch your stomach lining out so much to like, you know, I think people get scared of that. Like, Oh, if I eat this much, I'm always going to look bloated and fat. And like, no, no, your stomach is so small. People don't realize that. It's yeah. not like it's, it doesn't 
take up your like entire <laughs> midsection. It's yeah, it's not very big at all. So it just balloons up and it comes back down. So yeah, but those are the the two big ones. Is I don't like that particular food uh, before I train because I, I won't feel good when I do it. It's like, well, find the food that works. Yeah, and uh, the other one, uh, the worrying about like feeling overly full because their metabolism has dropped or they've conditioned their body to not be able to handle the volume. Like those are the two really big ones, but trying to explain to them how they have negatively affected their metabolism so that eating the extra food isn't going to make them gain a bunch of weight. Um, You have to do it it quick you have to do it intelligently as you go through. It's a process. Mm -hmm. You can't just be like, Oh, I'm supposed to increase my caloric intake by 1500 calories. Let me do that tomorrow. It's like, you got to take that up a little bit in an intelligent way. But I think that's a really good place to start. Yeah. I I think we, we kind of like without this person, like, you know, sitting in front of us and getting like every little detail down. um, That's a basic way to kind of think about the, uh, the training and Mm -hmm. stuff. So um, I mean, that right there is already more information than I, based on what she told me from stories that she's receiving. Yeah. So hopefully that will be something that she can listen to and get some help from. Just based off experience, like it's, I, I can almost picture the person, um, you know, more times than not, it ends up going down this certain avenue. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if I ever do work with this person, it'd be funny to kind of see like how close, it how, was. how close I mm-hmm. was, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's, it's usually when they're heading down that road, it's, I've seen it so many times before that's probably about that. So, um, hopefully that helps people start to think about, uh, your training, your food a little bit more. Um, if you want us to do kind of a specific thing now, we can't like, don't send us like a five page story of your life, but like, (laughs) you know, if you want to give us some basic background and like have us explain, uh, how we would go about thinking for that goal, um, and your situation, that's fine. We can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and we will do more of these, but again, like you can't turn, don't turn it into like a nutrition consult, where you give us like, and you know, we can't, we don't have an hour to read your story. So. Right. But, um, yeah, hopefully I'll help some people and, um, we'll, we'll get into more of these hopefully. So, uh, got anything else for this one? That's all I got. And that's, that's it for the day. Do you have, uh, the live large fall brawl sold out yesterday? So that is done. Oh, well, by the time this comes out, it would have been a couple days ago. Uh, we might open up a few extra spots, but I think we're going to have a wait list. So um, we'll open up spots if there's any dropouts. And we'll, um, if we decide to, say, open up five extra spots or something, we'll get a hold of the people on that wait list. Um, I'm not going to release the um, roster yet. Will we do that right before the meet? Some people have asked about that. Just show up and compete against who you're going to compete against. Um, I will tell you that there is uh, projected about eight or nine females going over a thousand, um, six or seven of those over 1100, uh, might see an all time world record broken. Um, the strongest man on the planet right now, um, by total will be there. Um, some other high, high ranking two forty twos. From what I hear, one person's going to try to break a uh, two forty two record, all time record. So it's going to be as always. Like that one's usually big. So um, there's going to be quite the show. So if you got nothing else to do, 
you know, in November, um, stop out, you know, in, in Canton, Ohio, there's not much to do. We have a lot of food. We have the football hall of fame and, uh, we have powerlifting. So a <laughs> lot of food. We have like the most restaurants per square mile, like usually top three in the country for that ranking. So there's a lot of food. Um, the Kentucky open will probably sell out here soon. Uh, about 15 spots left on that one. The throwdown still, um, I think we're only about a third of the way full there. So plenty of spots for that one in October. That one's down in Kentucky. So, um, if you're interested in, in signing up for those meets, unrivalstrength.com and, um, just follow the events page and you can get signed up for it. And that's pretty much it for today. So we'll see you. Have a good one.